You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there, this is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so, uh, bringing you all the latest in tech. Uh, this is the Tech Thursday show, and uh, to get in contact, you can always ring 069-66200, or you can text 87 166 uh, And as I always say, the best way to get in contact is reception102 at gmail.com. You can mark it down for Tech Thursday. And any technology-related questions, uh, I can look into them and come back with the kind of the best answer I can come up with. So to get started, we actually have a follow-up on uh, a previous, I don't know, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? But um, I had an email in from an anonymous person and said that they wanted to, I was talking about setting up, (coughs) previously about setting up a computer at home, about different microphones and different uh, for like doing a person that wanted to do a podcast, I think it was, uh, with cameras and the whole lot. But a person said uh, that they didn't want uh, the listening. They said they enjoyed it, but they thought it was a bit complicated and they just wanted something simple, a USB microphone. But they were using a headset, but they didn't like the quality. But just a, a kind of a more simple USB microphone that they can just plug and play kind of a thing rather than getting interfaces, XLR microphones, um, stands, you know, arms for the microphone, all that stuff. Just the microphone you can plug and play. And um, I just got up, like, I, I have a fair idea of some myself, but I just got up um, musicradar.com has a kind of an article of the top 10, and I'd know a lot of those, so I can have a look through them and uh, see what I think myself about a lot of them. Um, the Road Podcaster, <coughs> well, Road stuff is pretty good. Um, I actually have that exact one, Road Podcaster, but it's a great microphone. The sound quality is excellent, but um, you wouldn't have a stand with it and stuff. You'd have an arm and you'd have to connect it onto an arm or you can get the packs with an arm, but uh, that sounds a bit more complicated than you wanted to do it. So if you were willing to get an arm and things like that, oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. be very good, but... Um, uh, sure mv7 so there's this, the, a lot of these actually that road podcaster there's a procaster as well and i think there might be even another podcaster with it. oh yeah i have the xlr one but that's so a lot of these famous microphones do a usb version and an xlr version so the usb one will just have a cable coming out of it that's built into it and it plugs straight into your computer and that will interface straight into your computer uh, whereas the xlr ones is an analog a plug which will plug into like a multi-channel or a single channel interface and convert that analog signal into a digital signal and provide like 48 volt power if it's a condenser mic it needs extra power because it's it needs to be powered because it has a big uh, like a cardioid inside that needs to move around whereas the smaller dynamic mics or the, the dynamic mics have a smaller one that doesn't need power to 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 create a signal uh, and therefore they're they're less um, sensitive as well. So, but anyway, uh, so a lot of the famous microphones have two versions, and including this Shure MV7, it's famous for I think Joe Rogan's podcast used it, and then a lot of other podcasts kind of followed uh, along. So that's a famous one. It's not the cheapest, but that's another one that needs an arm, that needs all the accessories and things like that. So maybe that mightn't be uh, the best one. This one now might be more suitable for your needs, kind of that way, is the Blue Yeti uh, microphone. So that's probably this is probably the most common one. Uh, it comes with a stand built in. It's a heavy-duty stand. It wouldn't fall over so easily. Um, 
it wouldn't suffer too much interference because it's nice and weighty and uh, uh, yeah the only thing is if you're like if you're hitting off the table and stuff it might that's why arms are popular it might the vibrations might come through but if you're not in contact with the table and um you know uh, you can test it out and try it that way and it's also removable it can be put into an arm you, you have to buy a special um, adapter kind of thing i've made it fit into some traditional arms with some with some um elastics and different things but really there's a like a specific arm that they kind of screw into and they say like a shock mount thing but really the arm that comes with them if you have a table that's high enough um that's like you know kind of stomach height the table it'll bring it up the rest of the way it's a pretty tall microphone so um and as long as you're not hitting off the table and moving around too much, it won't have too much interference. Sound-wise, it's very good. It's uh, one of those adaptable ones where you have different settings. You have um, kind of just the presenter, just the person right in front of the mic setting. You can turn it because there's different um, there's different uh, receivers built inside in it. So um, you can have back and front. So if you have someone facing you directly, it can pick up them and pick up you at the same time. You have side to side and you have all around. So <clears throat> if you had a room with kind of very little interference, very little other noise, and you were, say, had four or five people sitting around a small enough table, you could put it in the middle of the table and it would pick up all the voices. The sound quality wouldn't be the best because you'd, by right... You should be about uh, a fist away from your face, away from the microphone, you know, uh, or a little bit more than that, but not much more. Uh, so being if the further away, the less quality, the less stuff it's going to pick up. But it would do uh, the job and you could always do some editing afterwards. Uh, but, yeah, that would be a good all-rounder to start off with. Uh, has It comes with the built-in microphone, as I say. Uh, it's just plug and play. You plug it in. And then <coughs> a lot of the apps... Uh, will automatically pick that up or if not you can just choose it in your audio devices in most of the apps like zoom and things like that uh, let's see what else is here the rode nt uh, usb that's another top contender because it seems to have a little stand with it as well um rode very high qu uh, quality microphones uh, but uh, most of these are all these top ones you know behringer rode um blue yeti they're all they're all pretty high quality um, so that's another one. I don't know if it comes with that stand. Accessories, pop shield, tripod base. Yeah, so it comes with a little tripod with it. Uh, so that's another one that would be an alternative to the, if you don't want to go with what everyone else goes with, which is the, you know, a Blue Yeti that seems to be the most popular one on most podcasts you look at. The Rode NT one. It's a lower down one as well. Say if you had a higher up table. Uh, it seems to be, is it adjustable height wise? There might be some little bit of adjustment in it. Then you have the Rode T, uh, NT-USB, uh, which is like a handheld microphone, which looks like a traditional um, kind of like a concert microphone that you see, like a dynamic mic. Um, Audio-Technica AT-2005 USB. Uh, there's no picture of this one. Oh, no, that is, a, sorry, that is the Audio-Technica. The picture was above it. So that, that that's a handheld mic. Uh, looks like the Shure SM58, the, the, the standard kind of microphones you'd see. A handheld kind of one, uh, which would fit in any mic. Say, if you had an old mic stand that takes the traditional shape microphones, um, that would um, that would fit into that. Looks like it looks like a fairly standard shape. So that'd be if you want. If you had an old 
music, you know, a stand from holding, from playing music or something like that. Uh, but you had, you wanted to use a USB mic and you only had old mics or something. That would fit in it to, as a holder, say, you could save yourself a bit of money that way if you want to do it that way. So that's the Audio-Technica AT2005. Um, IK Multimedia iRig. Oh, so iRig makes all these kind of adapters and stuff for, for I've seen before, for like plugging in, um, like uh, you could plug uh, and a jack adapter and plug it in and it ch- changes it to USB and does different things like that, like analog to digital and vice versa and all these kind of. So they're actually making a microphone as well. Uh, IK Multimedia iRig Mic HD2. The broadcaster's darling, still going strong, <laughs> it says here. Condenser, mic, uh, micro USB. Oh, it's a micro USB. So this could possibly plug in. It has a headphone out as well. Okay, so that's kind of handy. So I presume it could like plug into a phone or something like that. And you can plug a headset in it so you can hear what you're saying at the same time. You can monitor the, the sound that's coming through it. So that's quite cool, actually, if you wanted. So if you didn't even have a laptop or anything to plug into that could uh, plug into a phone. Uh, so that's quite good. That's a good idea. I've seen uh, other ones that have like a headphone jack, but this is a micro USB one, the IRI, IK Multimedia iRig Mic HD2. The names are a bit <laughs> wordy. Um, yeah, it comes with a stand mic, a tripod as well, and a carry case. So that's very, like, you, it's, if you want to just go out and about and actually, you know, set up a podcast anywhere if you're going to a hotel or something you can just throw the microphone and the stand into it and as long as you have your phone with you you can um and it's a it's a micro usb i suppose a lot of the phones nowadays it'd be lightning if you have um apple and usb c if you have a newer android phone so maybe there might be a type c version of that now it'd be worth looking up but this one um Seems to be the micro USB anyway. There's little adapters as well, but I don't know if that'd be if they'd be. I even have one at home, a, a micro USB to Type C, but I don't know if that would work. That works for chargers and stuff, but I don't know if it would work for carrying information and things like that. It might in the mind. Um, Mackie EM USB. Uh, Mackie is another make famous for doing audio equipment uh, like uh, su- subwoofers and and uh, things like that. Uh, they're the old an old school. Uh, DJ equipment kind of company and things like that. Um, so they have a USB microphone and everyman option from Mackie. Um, inputs, uh, input gain control, volume button, mute button. Uh, so it has the buttons built in. Oh, that um, row, the, what's, what was I saying? The, um, one of the earlier ones has that as well, the, the famous one. The Blue Yeti has a volume button and a mute button as well. It has a little light on it, so if you press mute, it lights up. Um, yeah, I've used a few of them in my time. They're fair, they're fairly bulletproof, but, but most of these probably are as well. Like Shure Motif. So this looks like um, like an old school mic or a like uh, you know those the, the cop cars in America. They have the 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 shortwave radio and they have the handheld thing. It looks like one of those. It's Shure Motif MV fifty one. So it's a kind of a. Yeah, yeah, it looks like an old school, like 1940s kind of microphone you'd see in a radio station kind of thing or something like that. Yeah, it looks quite cool. Uh, iOS ready, so it works with um, USB and lightning cable. A micro USB headphone out. Uh, so, oh yeah, you can choose which one you want to use, so it'll work. With. A lot of these are micro USB when, when kind of micro USB is kind of on the way out on a lot of this stuff, so... 
Uh, they haven't caught up yet, but that's the Shore Motif MV51. It's a cool looking. It's probably the best looking one, I suppose. Um, what have we got next? The Razor. So Razor is famous for kind of making gaming uh, accessories and things like that, as well as gaming computers and laptops and stuff like that. Uh, well designed. This one has a stand. It's kind of um, a very fluidly designed one. It's a, a circular stand with a, a, a leg up the middle of it, straight into the like a tubular microphone. So yeah, it's very. It looks kind of nice. The the setup. It's the one kind of one you could see six of them thrown around the table, no problem, and it it look uh, it looked the part for doing a, a big uh, kind of a, a round table kind of thing in front of people, and you know it's it's a. Uh, it's a nice kind of design. Uh, well, yeah, and even says that the first line is well-designed gamer's mic is ideal for any speech application. Uh, USB-C, so this is a USB-C one. <coughs> so that's quite good uh, for that kind of thing. Inexpensive, looks the part, small footprint, uh, none for the none for the price. I don't know what that is. The, the one downside says none for the price. I don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the Razer Sire S E I R E N Siren X. And the last one on the list is the Apogee Hype Mic. Apogee. I've heard the name a few times, but I'm not I'm not as familiar with them. Um, high end mic with some tricks up its sleeve. So condenser mic. This is like a 350. Like most of these mics are around the 100 mark, 150 mark that I've talked about. This one is uh, double the price. Um, it's a Cartier compressor, features compressor, accessories, tripod, pop filter, carry case. Uh, so this that's one of the more higher end ones, but um, top tier audio quality. So a lot of the USB mics they say they don't sound quite as good as XLR ones, but maybe this one does. But I I don't pick up like if you're getting a dynamic mic, especially um, I, it's a little less because dynamic mics aren't that sensitive anyway, even in analog form. So um, but but people say the tones are different and things like that. But, but I think any of these sounds very good, especially nowadays. Um, so that should get you going. Any of those would be, especially the ones I named with tripods and stuff coming with them. Uh, they're pretty much plug and play. You'd screw it together, plug it into your uh, desktop PC or uh, laptop. Another thing I'd actually recommend is because <laughs> I got caught myself. I I set up my little studio in my in my office at home, and so I put the computer up on the table, put my arm on with the microphone, set up the the mixer, um, the whole lot, set up the camera, everything all ready to go, booted it all up, and then recorded a bit, listened back to it, and there was a humming noise the whole time. Why? Because I had the desk, uh, the computer up on the desk beside me. Uh, with the with all the buzzing and clicking going on and the fans and the <laughs> the hard drive and the whole lot um and of course it makes noise and the noise was being picked up through the microphone so i was recording one thing and i just laid it down on the side i had some kind of a stack of books and stuff the uh and I just laid it down on top of it to move it away as much as possible and a bit of shock absorption and have it kind of uh, to the side. And that took away about 70% of the sound. But I still need to come up with something better, uh, something, some kind of get it down low or get it under the table or something like that. But I like to have it near nearby because there's a lot of cables in the back and I'm always messing around with it, trying out GPUs and swapping out sticks of RAM and uh, trying to upgrade it and things like that. Uh, 
but um, you don't want the sound coming out through the microphone. So as much distance as you can get or some kind of a barrier or something between your computer and your microphone is always recommended too. That's why the likes of this radio station now, we have the computers in one room and we have like cabling to bring the microphones and stuff and the controls for the computers into a different room because obviously the sound of the microphone would interfere. Uh, but the likes of like mixers and things like that that don't make any sound is fine. But the actual computers themselves, they make a bit of noise. So uh, in a soundproof room, you don't want something like that. And the same goes for your little home studio. So yeah, as much distance as you can get between yourself and the your microphone and the computer would be another recommendation. Uh, so let's have a look at some of the latest in tech. Uh, the ECB itches closer to a digital euro. Uh, the European Central Bank is expected to take the next step uh, towards a digital euro today by launching the project's exploration phase. But questions remain about potential pitfalls and benefits of eurozone citizens or for eurozone citizens. The move comes as the coronavirus pandemic has hastened the shift away from cash. As central bankers around the world nervously track the rise of private cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Uh, here's a look at what a digital euro would mean for the 19-nation club. Um, the digital euro, sometimes dubbed, sometimes dubbed e-euro, would be, <laughs> or just euro, would be an electronic version of euro notes and coins. It would be the first uh, time... Uh, allow it would for the first time allow individuals and companies to have deposits directly uh, with the ECB. This would be safer than with commercial banks, which would go bust, which could go bust, uh, or than holding cash that could be stolen or lost. Uh, the ECB has promised that any f- uh, future digital euro would be a fast, easy, and secure way to make payments. The service would be free, and payments could be made by card or smartphone. This would allow the Frankfurt-based institution to compete with foreign card companies such as Visa, MasterCard or digital payment services like PayPal, um, sectors where no strong European players have emerged. Uh, A digital euro would complement cash, not replace it, the ECB has stressed. The ECB is still studying which technology is best suited to develop the digital currency. Um, why now? The COVID pandemic has accelerated the decline in the use of cash. But like a lot of people are still just tapping their cards and all in most places, you know, instead of using cash. But it's kind of, well, it's all digital anyway, I suppose. When you do that, there's no actual money. They're not, uh, <laughs> they're not going to an ATM and withdrawing the money on your behalf and giving it to to wherever you just bought your dinner <laughs> there it's just uh ones and zeros moving from one location to another um so yeah so that it is digital in that way already but i think it's more for um it's the facility of that you know the 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 banks themselves individual private banks or uh credit card companies and things like that it will it will cut those people out i suppose but then I suppose that creates more complications and you see the likes of Bitcoin and stuff now being used uh, for these hackers and things like that because it's the trace traceability is, is so much less or non-existent in some ways. Um, so they're using it as uh, trans, you know, and they said, you know, that they 
in America, they used to have like a thousand dollar bill or something and they had to ban them because um, it was too easy for criminals to transport money across borders and everything. Well, with Bitcoin, that all goes out the window and cryptocurrency because there is not nothing to carry. You don't even have to go anywhere. You don't have to bring the money. You don't have to ship it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to transfer a wallet or whatever from one place to where log in somewhere else and and you have your wallet with you you know or kind of thing uh so it's interesting to see where it's going to go there's a lot of upsides there's a lot of downsides so uh but the the europe are getting on board with it let's see what else it says here uh what are the risks citizens might avoid traditional accounts uh in favor of going digital weakening retail banks in the euro area the risk would be higher in times of crisis when savers might be tempted to flee to the safety of a digital euro and trigger a run on banks. Uh, to avoid this, the ECB will likely cap the number of uh, e-euro people could hold in digital wallets, with executive board member um, Fabio Panetta suggesting a threshold of around €3,000. Uh, concerns about, private, uh, about privacy and ensuring the digital euro cannot be used for money laundering. Yeah, that's what I was saying about uh, the, what's happening in other parts of the world with Bitcoin and stuff. Uh, it, uh, they're thinking, the ECB is thinking as a way as the pros and cons. Uh, what else? Who else is doing it? Privately issued digital currencies have been around for years and tend to be uh, highly volatile. Uh, they are also under growing scrutiny from regulators. But I suppose that happens with a lot of different things when they're new. Uh, it, the markets kind of self-test themselves with a lot of these things. Um, they go up and down and it takes decades, I suppose, for these things to stabilize and people get used to them and they get used in a certain way. People fall into habits with how they're used and that's when they kind of stabilize. It was the same with money, you know, it was like the weight and gold and weight and silver and different things like that um, used. Um, but... Uh, it stabilized out and, you know, it went away from being the weight in gold and silver to being like a, a promissory note and different things. So that that was fluctuating a lot at the beginning as well, how different currencies evolved and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting world, the, the, the way the world of finance is going. Uh, NASA set for attempt to fix Hubble's trouble. Hubble's trouble. Uh <laughs> This is in the BBC Science and Environment. Uh, NASA will attempt to fix a problem that uh, has stopped the Hubble telescope from being used for astronomy. Uh, it's the worst glitch in years to hit uh, the venerated observatory. Uh, an onboard computer halted on the 13th of June, leading to the science instruments being put in safe mode. <laughs> That's happened to my car a few times, uh, where, where uh, all non-essential systems are shut down. Now, the possible origin of the malfunction has been traced to a control unit that supplies electricity to the failed computer. Uh, ground controllers will begin switching over to backup hardware on Thursday in an effort to get uh, one of the most important scientific tools in history up and running again. Uh, although astronomy observatories have been suspended since June, NASA says the telescope itself, the science instruments, are healthy. Uh, so... Hubble delivers stunning 30, 30th birthday picture. This is some of the old articles, so it's 30 years old, or probably more now, a little bit more maybe. Uh, officials said the possible cause of the fault lies with a power control unit. Uh, this ensures a steady voltage supply to the payload computer's hardware. Uh, it's the payload computer that stopped functioning back in June. Uh, 
the possible diagnosis concerned the PCU came from uh, information gleaned when engineers attempted to restart and reconfigure the payload computer and uh, the backup computer. Experts have already tried uh, to send ground commands to reset the PCU, but the effort has failed. NASA's management has now uh, approved the Hubble recovery team to switch over uh, to a backup PCU. So that'll be interesting. Now, hopefully, they'll be able to fix that and get it up and running again. Um, so this is CNET. They recommended the eight best phones for under 200 quid. So uh, favorite budget phones that deliver lots for the money. Let's see what they say. Um, show more. These articles are always Samsung Galaxy A1. Uh, so oh yeah, we have the. Do we have the we have the definitely have the A series. I don't know if we have the A zero one. It's the cheapest A series phone. So they seem to be kind of big hits at the moment. Uh, my brother has the seventy. He finds it pretty good. But uh, yeah, they they seem to be quite popular at the moment. The A series Motorola uh, Moto G Fast. Uh, yeah, Motorola seem to be always one of the top of the list when it comes to budget phones and things like that. So they seem to be another A the Galaxy A eleven. Uh, Motorola, Moto, so it's, it's, it's like uh, Samsung, Motorola, Samsung, Motorola, um, another Motorola E6, Moto E6, uh, LG, K4, I thought LG had stopped making phones, uh, but maybe it's still available, uh, the K40 uh, Android phone debuted in 2019, it features a, f- a f- oh, so it's like a second hand phone or something, or maybe they're still selling them, um, Octa-core, Radar K40, hands-on, uh, 3,000 milliamp hour battery. Um, let's see some of the other ones, actually, that I passed by. What was the number one one? Uh, does it give some of the specs? 3,000 milliamp hours, 25 hours of battery life. Um, that would be optimistic for a 3,000 milliamp hour battery. Um, I have 4,000 milliamp hours and... I just about get 24, 25 hours, I'd say. I use, like, the end of the day, I still come home and I still have 40%, you know, after a long day. Uh, but that's not 24 hours. I'd be sleeping as well <laughs> while it's charging. So, uh, but Motorola G Fast. Uh, oh, yeah. What processor is in that? The number one, the Galaxy A1. It doesn't say. Uh, it gives little bits of specs from each one. Um the Motorola, the top Motorola, the G Fast, it says 6.4 inch. So that's a quite big display. Triple rear camera setup, Snapdragon 665. It's a slower, lower down one, but uh, there I found most of the Snapdragons still pretty good. LG, so where were we? Motorola, Moto G7 Play. So there's a lot of the Motorola, Moto G7 power. So it's, it's nearly all Motorola. Uh, and that's the end of the list. So it's just uh, one LG and the rest is Samsung and Motorola. But... Um, I think there's another one that should be in there. Uh, the, yeah, their their entry one would definitely be under two hundred. Is the um, Poco phone? There's a F, not well, not F one F or G three, and there, there's a few, like in their own website and stuff. You can look them up. They're another budget phone that has a pretty good specs and things like that. So, uh, but lots of different companies have the budget versions. Um, the One Plus now have the Nord. Uh, now that wouldn't be 200 I think it'd be a bit more than that but not it'd be maybe 300 and something but com- compared to the 1000 euro ones even Apple have bringing out for budget versions now as well aren't they uh, but they're still are they still five or 600 or something like that but compared to the 1000 euro ones and that but I think most companies now have the 
because of the, the, the flagship killers back in the day, like the LG G3 and the, the um, uh, OnePlus One and Two and uh, the Poco, the original Poco Phone F1, uh, they, a lot of the companies realized uh, the, these companies are taking a lot of our uh, market share here. Uh, we better bring out a budget version of our own, you know. Uh, so they've all. That's why Samsung kind of came up with the A series and things like that. Um, so that's good. It's good that that's the a, a busy market or a competitive market helps to keep the prices down on those kind of phones, and they they they'll give you as much specs as possible for the price, you know. But I think to get stuff like anyone's under two hundred you're sacrificing a lot for me i wouldn't go down that low because price wise because i'd be sacrificing a bit too much you know battery wise and uh camera wise and possibly not software wise but uh um even the like the snapdragon like going one step down say the 800 the 888 is the kind of main one at the moment uh, but going down to 700 series uh, other than very heavy usage you'd you'd hardly be able to tell the difference but then if you go down two or three more series you might start to actually tell the difference and it might be a bit laggy and um you know even flipping through screens and stuff you might like the refresh rate mightn't feel as good and things like that so i'd what i try to always do is get the best uh i can for like under say 600 if i can you know save up don't get a phone every year maybe save up and get one every two years and uh i can pretty much get as good a specs as you'll get like that'll compete um for under that under that price you know uh, and get what what could easily be compared and what could easily beat like 1200 euro phones on benchmark tests and everything else and compete everywhere battery wise faster charging and things like that by shopping around and not necessarily going for the most famous brand or anything but going for um going for the good specs but something that's made it helps a lot of these companies have you you find it in many different companies, like even cars and stuff, you know. You can buy, like, the lesser brand of a company where you still get all their quality. It's still all the parts, but it doesn't have their name. But you, you so you get, it's the same with phones, where you can buy a phone that has a very famous parent company or something. Like that. There's, like, um, the likes of Oppo and um and Realme and there's like uh, OnePlus they're all owned by the same they're all owned by Oppo I think so if you go off to the budget end of a lot of theirs or the kind of mid-range the likes of the Poco phones and stuff you get a lot of this equipment that's built in what was the phone um the Xiaomi Mi 9T Pro was pretty much the exact same as a OnePlus 8, I think the, what was the OnePlus, the first OnePlus with the flip, the camera f- uh, flipped up from the front of it, uh, it was a motorized camera, uh, I think it was the OnePlus 8 uh, Pro or something like that, uh, and they're pretty much identical, the battery, cameras, everything were pretty much identical, but the, the Xiaomi was like half the price of it, um, stuff like that you know if you shop around and look into these things the same kind of goes for cars as well sometimes uh you can get like uh the volkswagen group if you get one of the cheaper ones in the group um you can get something similar 
especially like sports cars like a, a GTI Golf or something like that you can get like the Cupra Seat or something for a couple of grand cheaper or the Skoda Octavia VRS or something like that for a bit cheaper and when it's actually kind of a similar now there's always the resale value and things like that uh, that can change but you know what I mean? If you if if it's something, especially with phones, if it's something you're going to hang on to anyway, and you're not big into reselling and things like that, it might be different with cars. But um, when you go to resell, uh, that's always a good um, a good option uh, to 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 get a, the mid range. That's why the I, that's kind of my favorite genre of phone is the the flagship killer, the ones that will give you the pretty much the the highest specs uh, for a budget price. So, uh, Netflix snags former EA Oculus executive to lead its video game efforts. Also, oh, Netflix now are getting into video games as well. Okay, Mike uh, Verdu is joining uh, as VP of Game Development. So I didn't even know they were looking into games. Netflix uh, report this spring from the information. Um, uh, maybe a magazine called the Information says that Netflix was seeking any, and this is on the Verge website. Seeking uh, an executive to lead its push into gaming, an eye towards offering an Apple Arcade or Xbox Game Pass-like subscription bundle. Uh, now, as first reported by Bloomberg, the streaming company has hired Mike Verdu as its vice president of game development, reporting to COO um, Greg Peters. A Netflix spokesperson confirmed the hire um, uh, to The Verge. You know, it's amazing, actually. It's a lot of people don't realize how much money is in gaming. Uh, what did they say? <laughs> so there was some ridiculous stat, but I kind of forget it now. Um, it was like Grand Theft Auto Five has, like, brought in more money than the top ten selling movies or top five or something like that movies of all time. Like, if you add Titanic and Avatar and all the Star Wars <laughs> and all together, like the top five or whatever it was. Uh, that Grand, Grand uh, Theft Auto Five has brought in more money than all of them put together. So there's, there's a, like if you get if you're big into gaming, uh, there's a lot of money to be made out of it. So that's why the likes of game developers and stuff are kind of in high demand, and uh, it's definitely a, a and it's a lot less um, counterfeited and things like that as well. You know, there's a lot of counterfeit and streamed movies and different things going on it's a lot harder to do with games i don't think i don't think it even goes on that much with games nowadays with with new games anyway you know you get like like a cloned nintendo 64 or something or original nes or something but you don't get um you don't get too many of the brand new games there's no pirated games anymore because i don't think it uh, the encryption and everything that's built into them and there are a lot of them are digital as well nowadays so you just buy them off the playstation or xbox stores or the discs the blu-ray discs are not you can't you, you can't just put them into a computer and copy them <laughs> you could almost do that years ago with the original some of the original cd systems and stuff uh but that that just doesn't go on nowadays uh they, i think they even have things where they pay um they have like a day where uh, where they uh, invite all these hackers or whatever to and they pay whoever can break their console they'll give them a prize <laughs> and uh to try to find ways into it and things like that so they can close those loopholes for other hackers uh for real hackers that are trying to get into it so i think that's why it's a very stable kind of income for these companies 
because uh, it's it's yeah, it, any players are genuine players who and the full revenue goes to the company themselves. It doesn't go to people who have been able to copy it. They don't lose a huge share, and I'm sure like even like pay-per-view sports and things like that a lot they, i'm sure they lose probably 20 percent maybe of what they could have earned because of the likes of streams and things like that um and that doesn't really go on in gaming so much uh, according to bloomberg netflix could offer games uh right next to its other streaming content within the year so are they going to release a controller or can it be played through a phone or what's it going to do I wonder listed as a new genre just like documentaries or anything else without charging extra for the experience okay that sounds good already <laughs> Verdu a former a former executive who has experience with mobile gaming companies like uh, Zynga do they what do they make they make some famous game don't they I remember a pop up before some game I used to play with Zynga on it I forget now uh, also ran EA Mobile for a year and most recently had been working at Facebook acquiring a series of Oculus game developers like Big Box VR maker of popular one uh, on last earnings uh, call in April Peter said we're in the business of creating these amazing deep universe universes uh, and compelling characters and people come to love these universes and they want uh, to immerse themselves more deeply to get to know the character there is something to be said about vr all right like you get more into a vr game i think and i was a person out that was very hesitant against vr at the beginning because i used to use it on uh, the phone in the headset the cardboard kind of thing and i used to get headaches it, it was very because it didn't exactly line up with your movement. It was very off-putting. But uh, I've played more up-to-date VR since. And the a well-done VR game is more immersive. Like, I'm even playing a, like, um, a golf game at the moment. And it's like, you're on the golf course. I, uh, there, it's funny, too, the one I'm playing. I forget the exact name of it. But it has um, something VR golf or something like that. But it has, like, one of the courses, like a Jurassic Park course. So you're you're on the course you can look up and you can look down you can look all around and you have the club um i have the motion stick and uh it's the actual kind of feels like the club in your hand and <laughs> there's like tyrannosaurus rexes <laughs> in the in the the field right beside you and you know as you're playing golf and you have the wind all you like with the headset on you have the wind all around you and it's for it's way more immersive than any game you're going to play on the tv uh, I I know it's more, you know, in a way too, it's good because it's more short term. You know, I can't like an hour and that would be as much as I could do. Uh, I could never sit down and watch a full movie or something in VR because it, it, I don't know, I can't wear the headset for that long. Plus I start sweating and the whole thing fogs up inside and, it and <laughs> you know, the, the, the my glasses fog up or something because it's all sealed around your face. So uh, it does create a, 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 they should actually have like, mini built-in fans or something into them to like silent fans just to clear keep them cool and but uh, you have to be careful then about blowing dust in someone's eye or something like that but uh or uh, i don't know they, they should have some way of um of keeping them clear from fogging up especially with people with glasses as well there's just extra glass to be fogging up but uh, it's usually pretty good i think the trick is to 
if if you come into sometimes I came home from work or something I said oh I'm going to have a game of that now straight away and I was after walking around the place and I was you know I was still or the weather was warm outside and I was kind of warm and then I came in and the change in temperature and then I put on the headset and it just fogs up immediately and there's more sweat and everything but I think if you get home and then you stay for like half an hour you acclimatize yourself to the room kind of you your temperature regulate regulates itself and then put on the headset it's definitely much better um but it's a good way that you know people get addicted to games and they could be playing for 12 hours straight and you know i've played myself i remember one of the uncharted games myself and my brother uh we were massive fans of the old uncharted games and um we ended up playing for um for like 10 hours or something we played the whole game through it like i'd play it until the character gets killed and then he'd keep playing it you know we keep continuing taking turns uh till we get all the way through it so um but with vr it's like an hour and i've had enough of it and i can go do something else and you know uh it's it's a good way to just have a short it, it's this kind of a self um stopping kind of thing it it it's self timed kind of thing is like oh, I've had enough of that now you know gran turismo uh game is very the, there's a vr section in it and where you're in the car you can look I actually got my own car on it and I was looking in the back seats and everything so it's it's quite cool now but um yeah the the as i said <laughs> to get back to the story netflix are getting into gaming so gaming forays have included interactive features like black mirror bandersnatch oh yeah i tried that it was quite good you know the episode of black mirror where you choose which way to go and carmen san diego i don't know what that is now as well as licensed games including a stranger things title for mobile devices okay also currently has a few job listings for positions producing and leading interactive products uh, posting and don't mention the postings that don't mention the word gaming but show the staffing uh, they're staffing up with people who have the experience necessary uh, so that's interesting now um, Microsoft attributes new SolarWinds attack to a Chinese hacker group uh, SolarWinds Orion management software was attacked on uh, December 2020 uh, Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center MT. MSTIC reported on Tuesday uh, that SolarWinds software was attacked with a 30-day or a zero-day exploit by a group of hackers called itself Dev0322. Uh, the hackers were focused on SolarWinds Serview FTP software with the presumed goal of accessing the company's clients in the U.S. defense industry. Uh, the zero-day attack was first spotted in a routine Microsoft 365 Defender scan. Uh, imagine, just the, the, the built-in Defender was able to spot it. Uh, so that's pretty amazing. Just shows that they, they do something. You know, a lot of times you do these scans and you think, is this doing anything? Is it just, is it just uh, moving across the screen? But no, it picked up a massive uh, hacking scam. Uh, so that's amazing. All these fancy softwares and everything. No, it was just a built-in Defender scan that found it. Uh, the software noticed an anomalous uh, malicious process that Microsoft explains in a more detail in more detail in its blog but it seems the hackers were attempting to make themselves serve you administrators among 
uh, other suspicious activity. Also, they were trying to make themselves admins and be able to control stuff. Uh, SolarWinds reported the zero-day exploit on Friday, July the 9th, uh, explaining that all the survey releases from May the 5th and earlier contained the vulnerability. Uh, the company released a hotfix to address the issue and the exploit has since been patched, but Microsoft uh, writes that if Servio security shell protocol connected to the internet, the hackers could remotely run arbitrary code with privileges, allowing them to perform actions like install and run malicious payloads uh, or view and change data, allowing uh, anyone running older Servio software uh, are encouraged to update it as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, so that's the stuff is still going on. Um, unlike the previous hack, which was now widely connected to a Russian state-affiliated uh, group of hackers called Cozy Bear, Microsoft says the zero-day attack originated in China. Uh, so that's interesting. I saw recently, um, was it uh, Joe Biden, uh, the US president, met with uh, Vladimir Putin, and he gave him like a list of companies not to attack. <laughs> Just like, please don't. Uh, please don't go after these people if you don't mind like uh, anyone else is fine is it? <laughs> you know it was weird it's just like stop it right now <laughs> kind of thing no no he just gave him a list uh, of people he doesn't want touched so that was weird um whatsapp multi-device beta allows four p pe- four uh, devices at once even without a phone you can't opt in to the new setup yet until now, using WhatsApp on your desktop or any other device had required having a phone that's powered on or off and connected. But a new beta test is trying out support for multiple devices without needing a phone in the mix. Uh, in a June interview, WhatsApp uh, head Will Cathart and his boss, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, commented on the technical challenge of maintaining end-to-end encryption. With the blog post today, Cathart explains more about what has been done behind the scenes to maintain security. Uh, they're showing these little charts here on The Verge. Um, as the image comparing the legacy and new systems above tries to explain previous, uh, previously, a user's uh, phone managed the key determination, their identity and ability to encrypt, decrypt messages. The encryption synchronization also applies to message history, contact names and other data with keys maintained in the individual devices. So that's good uh, for safety, that it's all encrypted, all that stuff. Uh, To start the beta is going out to a limited group of testers who have already in WhatsApp's beta program while the team says it's working on improving performance and adding more features. I'll just have a look at those. Yeah, so uh, legacy architecture was the computer into the phone, into the the, uh, storage and then into the sent to the other phone so that's how it used to work through and now it just the both of them goes to the to the cloud and then straight to the other person that you're sending the message to individually so if the phone is off the computer itself can still send it to the cloud and through but it remains the keys remain uh there's just more keys in place pretty much um yeah, so that's interesting. So each the computer will have and will have its own encryption key, uh, and and the the sender's phone will have and the key will pass through to the to the receiver's phone as well. Uh, so that's that's interesting. Um, 
I'm glad because that was the fear when Facebook took over WhatsApp that they would get rid of the end-to-end encryption, but I'm glad that they're not. Uh, Speaking of Facebook, it's giving up on brain typing as an AR glasses interface. New research could still help the speech impairment. With speech impairment, the Facebook-backed initiative aimed to let people type by thinking has concluded with new findings published today. Project Steno was a multi-year collaboration between Facebook and the University of California's San Francisco Chang Lab aimed to create a system to translate brain activity translates brain activity into words. A new research paper published in the New England Journal of Medicine shows potential for implementing the technology for people with speech impairments. But alongside the research, Facebook made clear its backing off the idea of a commercial head-mounted brain reading device. <laughs> and it sounds bad when it's when it's that way. It sounds like uh, that one out of the Batman film years ago that the Riddler made. And building out uh, wrist-worn interfaces instead. The new research has no clear application for mass market tech products. And in a press release, Facebook said it was refocusing its priorities away from head-mounted brain computer interfaces <laughs> to be clear facebook has no interest in developing products that require implanted electrodes facebook said in a press release well elon musk is doing that kind of stuff isn't he he has that company that does that literally wants to do that but uh, he's hoping it could help with um people who have limbs say lower extremities that don't work and things like that that uh, he can help to people that can't walk to walk again and things like that in the future uh, YouTube borrows three more features from Twitch. Uh, subscriber-only chats, VOD clips, and polls. Uh, YouTube is adding... I've seen polls up on YouTube for a while now. Uh, is adding a trio of new features for live streaming today that are all... Oh, as a, there's a live stream going on, is it? Oh, maybe that, that could be cool. It's like if you were in the middle of a video and you can just throw up a poll and... Whoever is uh, listening in can click on it or whatever. That would be quite cool. I don't, maybe you could. Uh, I don't know if you. I've seen polls up just as I'm scrolling through YouTube videos. I see some poll. It's usually uh, some mixed martial arts uh, thing that I follow or something. There. Who do you think will win tonight, McGregor or Poirier or something? And then you, you have to click on who you think will win, and they'll show you the stats on how many people have voted and and what the result has been so far. Uh, YouTube is adding a trio of features for live streaming today, um, all standby for streamers on on Twitch. Uh, Streamers will now be able to limit their chats to subscribers only. They'll be able to create polls inside of their chats. And they and their viewers also inside of the chats. Okay. And they and their viewers will now be able to create clips from popular gaming streams. Uh, these features have been around for a while on Twitch and they're all important tools uh, to let streamers engage in their community. Limiting chats to subscribers only can uh, help a modern, as a moderation tool by weeding out people who are just popping by and it gives streamers another tool to encourage their viewers to start paying and polls are useful for engaging in the often chaotic chat rooms, giving streamers a simple way to ask for input on what they could do next so i suppose it's handy in some way say if you want to do a kind of a uh like if you have a patreon podcast or something like that and you wanted to do a live stream for all your your subscribers on patreon 
you could have a closed group with just them invited or you know to they can ask all the questions and anybody could watch, look in maybe but the it'd be a bonus for the people who pay they'd get something for their money that they can they'd have a, a small room of chat so there'd be a good chance of getting their questions answered and things like that uh, so that could be quite handy so it's some ideas that they're robbing off a of twitch and uh, just for our last few stories here, Amazon reportedly working on an Alexa wearable for kids, GPS, with a GPS of some kind for integration with Amazon Kids Plus. Uh, Amazon tied with uh, another way of integrating itself into the, your lives of you and your family through an Alexa-enabled wearable for kids, Bloomberg reports. The device was considered for Amazon's 2020 product roadmap, according to documents Bloomberg viewed, and it would have added... Oh, so this was... Is it something that was cancelled or is it... Because it would have, it says. Uh, growing stable kid focus. The $99 wearable codename Seeker would reportedly feature GPS. So what's happening? Is it not coming out or is it coming out? What's happening? And target for children age 12. The finer details of the physical design of the device seem like they're still up in the air. Bloomberg writes, this is a, uh, this is like a little speaker. looks like a teddy bear. Um, so maybe they have a speaker as well. Um reportedly also worked with disney on a wearable called magic band amazon worked with. so this this one isn't out by the looks of it but they're they've been working on different ideas uh for our last few stories uh chrome will soon let you turn on https first mode starting with chrome 94 which is set for september uh, Google is working on uh, to make browsing more secure by using HTTPS uh, first option. Okay, so that's good. That's good. It'll uh, give you the option to pick more secure websites first. Or if you do a search, it'll give you the websites that have security first. So, yeah, that's a good option. Android 12 Beta 3 has a wild new way to handle auto-rotation. Plus, it will finally support scrolling screenshots. Uh, Google is releasing the latest beta for Android 12 right on schedule. Beta 3 for Android 12 continues adding features including scrolling screenshots. I have that already and I have Android 10 or something. When I take a screenshot, I can scroll and take a longer screenshot, which is very handy. I find it very useful. Um, what was I looking at? I, something anyway that was a long, like two pages long. And I took the screenshot and I can just scroll it down and then press stop. And it'll save the whole lot, like three times the length of the screen the screenshot. Uh, so there, what, maybe it's just what came with the phone. I, I noticed Android gets a lot of stuff that other uh, companies makes to fit their software. I think LG did a lot of software ideas over the years where they just... Android themselves ended up uh, integrating it uh, that other ones had, had invented for, for Android as features for their own phones and Android and uh, Google ended up uh, taking the ideas and putting it into all Android phones. So, yeah, that's interesting. So they're, bring, they're bringing in that uh, into, into the standard version of Android, which means there shouldn't be major feature changes to the upcoming betas. Uh, improved auto-rotate... Um, yeah, sometimes the auto-rotate can be better, faster auto-rotate, or like faster. I don't know if I want faster sometimes. Sometimes I'm half lying down, half sitting up, and uh, I, I want the phone to be still 
uh, vertical, but then it goes horizontal, and <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, go back. And I was shaking the phone in to try to get it to, to, to go back uh, vertical again. So um, I'm not sure. Of course, you can just turn off the auto-rotate anyway, and it'll just stay in direction, but... Uh, sometimes you forget. Oh, so this uh, this famous TV, it's been at shows all over the place for the last, it seems like, five years at this stage. This TV, it's like, it's a rollable TV. It's just like you have a box on, uh, like a, a long uh, rectangular box on the ground. You press a button and there's a slit on the top of the box. The TV comes up out of it. And uh, it's like a massive TV that just comes up out of the it's rolled into the box so it just rolls itself out and it has um i presume it's all stabilized around it has a frame to hold it and uh so it just pops out of the box and then pops back down again when you turn it off uh pre-orders will so it's coming out it's cost a hundred it's going to cost a hundred grand that's crazy LG's futuristic rollable OLED 4K TV is coming to the US for an eye-popping price of €100,000. Uh, first introduced as a stunning prototype in 2018, yeah, it seems it, yeah, three years, and then turned into a real product the next year. The 65-inch set, like, uh, you can buy, I've, I've seen 65-inch TVs for like under €500. Euro. <laughs> and this is a hundred grand i know it's rollable and everything but like no that's too much a 65 inch set can roll itself up and then back down to fully disappear into its housing unit i also um built a kind of a man cave for my brother that has like a pop down uh projector and the screen i made a kind of <laughs> similar idea a box and this was about six years ago uh, a box or a, like a shelf up on the wall um about say two feet down from the roof or a, a foot and a half down from the roof uh it just looks like a shelf with a little edge down the front of it and you press a button and the projector a projector screen comes down from underneath it and you have it and it costs a lot less than 100 grand <laughs> uh, so that's crazy like now first introduces a prototype yeah, i was saying that the cabinet also contains a front firing dolby dolby atmos surround sound system uh the oled or has a middle mode between being fully for, uh, unfurled and rolling down. LG calls this line view, and you can use it to display a clock, photos, music controls, and so on. Uh, so I think if I scroll down here, there's a little video. So it has actually, I was thinking, how did that work? It has like bracing in the middle of it. it has, if you look at the back of the TV, uh, it has almost like an X. It has like... Um, like two legs that bend in the middle uh, at either side when it's fully uh when the tv is fully up um they're they're straight at the left and the right side and then they bend in the middle inwards to make v's facing inwards to 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 scroll the tv down into the into this box that it's contained in so i don't know yeah that's crazy but look uh, a lot of these things when they come out first cost crazy but 100 grand like maybe 30 grand or something but <laughs> even that would be crazy but i don't think that justifies the price uh there's hdmi ports HDMI, like you could well it's the rollable part of it i suppose but they have rollable um or they have uh like bendable screens and that, that stuff now for a while and phones and things like that like i'm sure if you could get the bendable panel, you could almost build the rest of it yourself. <laughs> it's uh, nothing other than the bendable screen is anything that uh, I see all these custom gaming computers being built all the time. And I've seen like 
a person had like a PS5 and they transfer it into a into a, like a cabin and things like that uh, pretty easily uh, by just drilling the wood for all the holes and transferring all the parts in. Um, but anyway, that's the crazy TV and that's my uh, show for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. As I say, you can always get in contact reception102 at gmail.com. Leave any questions tech related you might have. I've enjoyed that. Hope you've enjoyed it too. I'll talk to you again next week. This has been Patrick Sheehan with Tech Thursday. Peace. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.